1: The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live.
0: Listen to this message today. Listen with your heart open, because the Lord Jesus Christ is present to give us and bestow upon us peace. You can leave today with everything settled and restful in your heart. You can. Jesus is here. It's a New Testament story. It's a New Testament experience. You are a New Testament church. Let's receive the New Testament blessing that comes from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
1: Welcome once again to The Healing Word. This is a ministry of the Largo Community Church. Pastor Jack Morris is here, and he's going to look at obedience in the life of the believer and how God will bless us abundantly if we believe Him by faith and act on His Word. Let's go to the message for today, Faith and Obedience.
0: Now, this this particular story is about Abraham and Melchizedek. These are the two principles Abraham's nephew, Lot, was living in Sodom, and uh, the kings of the plain marshaled their forces together, attacked the city of Sodom, and captured Lot and his family, the nephew of Abraham. Abraham found out about it and marshaled his forces and went after Lot and defeated the armies, got all the spoil of of the armies, got Everything that the armies had left behind, their gold, their silver, their camels, their donkeys, Abraham got it all, and he got his nephew back. Now, upon returning to Jerusalem, the high priest, Melchizedek, came out to meet him and blessed him, and Abraham gave a tithe, a tenth of everything that he had gained. I'm going to read this passage again, not all the ten verses, but the first four verses Of Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 4. This Melchizedek was king of Salem, the priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First his name means king of righteousness, then also king of Salem, which means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, like the Son of God. He was not the Son of God. He was like the Son of God. He was a character who lived, who blessed Abraham, who was part of the Genesis story. Like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. When it says he's without father or mother, without genealogy. It simply means there is no record of his birth, no record of his death. He's a person that just seems to drop in out of the blue, but he was like the Son of God, not the Son of God. Now, there are several things about Melchizedek that I want you to hear this morning. First, he was the king of Salem. Salem simply means peace. He was the king or like the mayor but more than a mayor, he was the king of Salem or Jerusalem, meaning peace, the king of peace. All who came under his domain, all who came into his city experienced peace. Now, this story is coming out of Genesis chapter 14, bringing all the way over into the New Testament into Hebrews chapter 7. Now why would the Holy Spirit reach all the way back to Genesis 14 and take an Old Testament Genesis story and bring it all the way over into the New Testament? Why? God wants us to hear something about what happened back there, what He was doing back there. He is still doing those same blessed things today And you and I are recipients of it if we obey the Lord and do the Lord's will. One of those recipient blessings that is ours today is peace. Can you say the word peace? Peace. peace? Peace. Jeremiah said this. Peace, peace, where there is no peace. There's a lot of talk about peace. But so few have peace. But Jesus is the prince of peace. He is the one who gives peace, and peace is one of his great blessings that he desires to bestow. And if there's any trouble in your heart, in your mind, in your house, in your home, in your career, listen to this message today. Listen with your heart open, because the Lord Jesus Christ is present to give us and bestow upon us peace. You can leave today with everything settled and restful in your heart. You can. Jesus is here. It's a New Testament story. It's a New Testament experience. You are a New Testament church. Let's receive the New Testament blessing that comes from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now, he's the king of Salem. It also said he is a priest, meaning he is one who intercedes. Melchizedek interceded. He was like Jesus, telling us that Jesus Christ is our high priest. He intercedes for us. The scripture says that when Jesus died, he was raised from the dead, he ascended back to heaven, and was seated at the right hand of God to intercede for us. He's like our lawyer. He is there in heaven praying for us. You know that? The most wonderful thing I think that a person can say to me is, I'm praying for you. That blesses me when I, I, I hear that. But when I read that it is Jesus who's praying for me, and He is there consistently praying for me at the Father's right hand, He sees what's going on in my life, and He turns to the Father, and He calls my name. Jack Morris has this need, Father. He has prayed this prayer. Jack Morris has made this request, and He gives it all to God consistently. Consistently. Now, the Lord sees what's going on in your life, in your family, in your home, in your career, in your finances. And when you talk to Him, but listen, if you don't talk to Him, He can't talk to the Father. But if you talk to Him about whatever it is that is troubling you, that's going on in your life, you can be sure Jesus knows your name, and He's going to call it. What is your name? He knows your middle initial. (laughs) He's going to call your name. Doesn't that do something for you today? It does something for me to know that there is one seated at the right hand of God praying for me. And I have sometimes I have talked to the Lord and I said, Lord, I have this need. Please talk to the father for me. Talk to the father about this need. And I know he's going to do it without me asking Him to talk to the Father, because when I talk to Him, He's going to talk to the Father. So today, friend, don't leave without talking to Jesus about your need. And when you're at home, talk to Jesus about your need. Talk to Him when you're driving your car. Talk to Him on the job, at lunch hour, whenever. Talk to Him, because He's going to call your name before the Father, and the Father's going to hear your name mentioned. And God's going to come through with a great blessing. And thirdly, it says that, Melchizedek, now we're going to verse 2, is the king of righteousness, meaning he's the one or the one that represented Jesus back in Genesis 14, that Jesus now is the one who brings us into right standing with God. If there's anything that you're you're just out of sorts today with with somebody or or something, uh, then that means you're out of sorts with God. So get it right The Lord's going to help you. He's the king. He's going to weave things together. He's going to steer you just in the right direction to get you feeling right in your heart with God and with everybody else. He's the king of righteousness. So here it is, Jesus, today, ready on standby to bestow peace, to intercede, and to help us make everything right. Friend, what else do we need today? But Jesus, we sang a moment ago, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. When I have Jesus, I have right standing with God. When I have Jesus, I have peace. When I have Jesus, I have somebody talking to God for me. Now, the second principle in this story is Abraham. Romans 4.11 says, Abraham is the father of all who believe. Are you a believer today? Well, Abraham was the first man of faith. Now, there were others before him who believed in God and had faith. But Abraham is looked upon as the, and as is told by the Holy Word, uh, to be the father of all who live by faith. He gave his heart to God. He followed the conviction of his heart. He obeyed the Lord, and he obeyed by believing the Lord. Now, he won a great victory. He won a great victory. There are victories to be won. God's people are not a defeated people, but a victorious people if we're believing and following the Lord and living and walking by faith. Abraham was the father of faith. He won this great victory over those kings, and Abraham knew his source. He knew who gave him the victory. He didn't say, Oh man that I have a piece of good luck today. (laughs) No, he looked up and said, God has heard my prayer and God has blessed me. He knew that God had done something for him. The man who prayed, this good dentist, the very best. If you don't believe it, come look at my teeth. (laughs) If you like what you see, go to him. (laughs) If you don't like what you see... Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message, following an invitation for you to learn more about the Largo Community Church by visiting our website, largocc.org. There, you'll find links to all the ministries the church has to offer, including Sunday school, men's and women's fellowships, small groups, youth ministries, and many more. There's also a link for you to join our live worship services every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 o'clock, and a donation tab where you can partner with us in reaching the metropolitan area with the Healing Word Ministry. We invite you to visit largocc.org, and get involved in our dynamic and growing ministry, the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. Now, let's return to the conclusion of today's message.
0: Abraham was this man of faith, and he knew the blessing had come from God, and he gave God the glory. Now, when God answers a prayer, be sure and thank Him. Be sure and give thanks to Him. We're going to have a meeting here on uh, Wednesday evening uh, of next, next week uh, for our Thanksgiving Eve service. And we're going to move the microphones around and we're going to have testimonies. But that's wonderful. And we need to do that. We need to share. But we need to be in our private closet alone with God and say, God, you're the one that did the healing. God, you're the one that brought the finances. God, you're the one that opened the door and gave me the job. God, you're the one that gives me my health. You're the one that gives me You're the one that gives. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift coming down from the Father above in whom there is no shadow of turning. God's never going to stop doing the good things that He's doing if you continue to look to Him. So here comes Abraham winning this great victory. He's coming back now to Jerusalem. God has wonderfully blessed him. And he comes to this priest of peace, this priest of righteousness, this priest who communes with God as an intercessor, and he comes to him and he gives him a tenth of everything that he got from that battle that he had won. He won the battle because he knew God won it for him. And now he's going to keep what is his, but he's going to be sure to give to God what belongs to God. It's wonderful when we know what God has done for us when we're keenly aware, and we are in obedience to the Lord. Friend, let me just de- deviate here for just a moment. We're living in a, in a time of great recession financially. <clears throat> great recession. But there's also other recessions that are going on. There's a recession of peace. Even God's people have many troubles and difficulties today and are going through some hard places. And I'm thankful when you come and when we pray together and, uh, at the altar and when we have the prayer counselors and when you send in prayer requests. I'm thankful because I know you're a believer and that you're believing in prayer and you're believing in the God who answers prayer. But there's a recession of peace today. There's a recession of uh, a major recession of consistent obedience to the Lord. I, I, I'm concerned. I really am concerned. And I know God is speaking because some of us. We, we, You and I together, we get really concerned, fired up, and, and we're so obedient, so consistent. And then all of a sudden, we drop away for a while. And then all of a sudden, we're back in there again. And then we'll drop away for a while. I, I don't know. That, I, I can't quite follow that. I, we're being led by our feelings, or, or I'm not sure just what. But friend, your God is a consistent God in blessing you your spouse, your children, your career, your family. He is consistently blessing all the time. He doesn't change. There's no shadow of turning with him at all. But but many, many of God's people are inconsistent. We do and then we don't, and then we do and then we don't. Friend, today, let's think of God's blessing and say in our hearts to Him. God, give me strength that I will be as consistent in my love and my devotion, in my service. I'll be consistent day after day, after day, after week, after month, after year. When we're consistent with God, we'll know the joy of the Lord in, in abundance, in a great and in a wonderful way. But banks are failing. Uh, homeless people walking the streets, people being laid off. The dollar has hit new lows, and the national debt has hit new highs. Now, I have a question, and I'm just putting it in parenthetically. Is this recession and financial troubles that we're experiencing, is this God collecting what is already His? That's a question. I don't know that we need an answer other than to look into our our own hearts. Money can bless, money can, can curse. Do you know, and I'm sure you've heard me say it before, that couples today have arguments over money, finances, more than any other one subject? When a couple begins to argue over money or discuss money, and they have a disagreement over money, that is, has like a domino effect it affects the family. It affects our life. You can't argue over money and have, have that kind of an ongoing argument and then still have intimacy with your spouse. And so here and now is it, it goes into sex relationships. And on and on it goes. And it all can be traced back to an argument over money, how it's spent, what it is spent for, how it is used, money management. Friend, God wants you and your spouse to live together in happiness and in peace in a one-flesh relationship. And if we will obey God, even as our first father, Abraham, obeyed God, God going all the way back into Genesis chapter 14 and bringing this all the way over into Hebrews chapter 7, if we listen to this, if we read this, if we obey this, then we are truly walking in faith and the blessing of God will be upon us. Hey, are you with me today? Why did God bring this over into the New Testament? Why does God want your tithes? Does, is God broke? Is he in need of money? No. He wants you to know that you know that he is God and that he is the source of all blessings that come to you. He wants you to worship him with your money. Now, don't be like that little girl that lost her nickel and said, uh-oh, <laughs> there goes God's, this is mine. You know, I can't do that. I'll have to keep it. Psychological distress and much of this distress that's coming into families goes to the divorce court, and it all can go back and traced all the way back. These are national statistics from the secular universities. Now, uh, here's the last one, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whosoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, God is saying this, and this is the only scripture I know of in the entire Bible where God will ask to be put to the test. God is saying, put me on the line. Test me. Test me. Friend, listen to me. You don't, you must hear this. You must hear this. God wants you to hear it. God wants you to respond obediently. God says, Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. It means don't give a little bit here, live a little bit there. It's not yours to decide. It belongs to one person and one person alone, God. So bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, is God telling the truth, or is God playing a trick on us just to get our money? You know, Jesus' first sermon, the very first sermon he ever preached, Matthew chapter 6, called the Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon, the very first sermon, Jesus talked about money. I think maybe we ought to call that sermon, not the Sermon on the Mount, but the Sermon on the amount. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what we ought to call it. (laughs) The The clear importance of money management is in the Scripture. And if we manage it the way God wants it managed, there will be no lack. But money does have an addiction. It does have an addiction. There is an enslavement about money. It reaches out, it grabs, it will possess you. But when you give to the Lord the portion that is His already, then you're not a slave to it. It becomes a slave to you. You become the master of it. So friend, I have to close the message today. You've heard the word of God. You've heard the promise of God. You've heard that God says test Him and put Him on the line. If you want to win battles, and you're no longer defeated, you want to win battles like Abraham won battles, then obey God like Abraham obeyed God in every way, including the tithe. If you want to live in peace amidst conflict, if there's conflict anywhere, you want peace. You want the king of Salem to come with the blessing of peace. Then obey God like Father Abraham obeyed God and give to the king of peace the tithe that belongs to him. And if you want Jesus to be at the right hand of the Father, calling your name, interceding for you, no one knows what a day is going to bring forth. Some of you have jobs and employment today because you prayed and asked God for that job. I know you did. Some of you have asked me, pray that I'll get that job, pray that I'll get that opening. Now you're not tithing. Friend, how can you treat God like that? If God were to treat you like that or me, we'd be in a bad, bad way. But God loves us still, and he blesses us with peace, with righteousness. He calls our name before the Father. God comes in almighty power and opens doors, gives us victories, and God gives us, Jesus gives us a right relationship with the Lord. So obey God as your father Abraham obeyed God in all things, not in some things, uh, but in all things. Give your heart to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now, read the conclusion with me and particularly be aware of the underline. Together, to win battles, overcome troubles and live in a right relationship with God, we must be obedient to Him in everything, including tithing. Obedience is the manifestation of faith. Obedience. If I'm obedient, that is the manifestation, the outward demonstration or behavior that I have faith. I can say I love God. God's saying, show me your love. I can say I have faith. God is saying, show me your faith. God says faith without works is dead. Let's obey the Lord and be victorious.
1: We sincerely hope that the message you just heard faith and obedience has blessed you and strengthened your faith in God. If it has, I invite you to email Pastor Morris at Contact us at the and share your blessing. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website LargoCC.org Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry Be sure to tune in Monday at the same time for another edition of The Healing Word Until then, blessings on you.